Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me is Shay Dixon. Shay, it is currently Monday, September 4th. Uh, it's one nineteen over here in Orlando. It is uh, 12-19 in Baton Rouge, and we are here to talk about LSU and Florida State. A little post-game podcast, uh, quick reactions, thoughts. Obviously, there's a lot we can get into in depth, but at the surface level, Florida State beats LSU 45-24, um, outscores LSU 31-7 to in the for, in the second half, basically 31-0, but 31-7 after a, a long touchdown pass. Um you know, in garbage time from LSU, uh, LSU led 17 to 14 at halftime. LSU, for the first four possessions of the game, I thought looked terrific. Uh, or first five possessions, I, I'd even say on offense, uh, where it was get down to the one, no points, touchdown, go for, uh, again inside the red zone again, no points, punt, touchdown, field goal. That's the first half. Um, so, yeah, they start off the game great, second half fall apart and i think that's kind of a basic synopsis of this game where do you want to where do you want to take us where do you want to start yeah i think two things stood out to me that i a number of things stood out that i didn't expect but um from a very macro level coaching left a lot to be desired in this one and brian kelly said that from the start but you thought that they would go into this one and close the gap they overachieved a year ago, yes. They lost this game by a point a year ago, yes. Both these teams were top 10 teams. Florida State looked like a top five team. LSU looked far from it. And with so much returning and guys out of the portal, I thought that they would be closing the gap. Now, there's execution, but there's coaching. How you go into halftime with a 17-14 lead, which should have been more because they got down, as you noted, they went five of six trips six trips on offense in the first half, five went to the red zone twice. They left with no points because they decided to go for it on fourth down. Now slice it how you want, Matty B. They very first drive, they made it to the one. It was fourth and one. They went for it. Okay. You wanted to get points. You maybe could have kicked a field goal there and then gone for it the next time. Well, they went both times. They didn't get either. And they also called pass plays or what weren't just run plays. It wasn't a QB sneak. None of that on fourth down. That was a bit odd. But to go into halftime, come out, and Florida State now has answers for you on offense to the tune of, what, 31 points in a row. They literally couldn't stop them. And then defensively, LSU was able to do nothing on them, not until the final minute when they hit that Brian Thomas deep ball and he makes a couple guys a couple guys miss and they score. So coaching, like how what halftime adjustments were made? when Florida State clearly came out and dominated you on offense and defense. That was yeah. pretty disheartening if you're an LSU fan. I also, the other flip side or the other thing that I did not expect is LSU got bullied and it kind of looked like they quit. And a year ago, they weren't that great of a team, but they overachieved. And in large part, because even when they were down in games, they didn't quit. And they were in some tight games against inferior opponents, even in Arkansas and Auburn, and they didn't quit. They battled it out. 
after about the second or third, about midway through the third quarter, it just looked like they quit. And Brian Kelly even said that in a way at his press conference. Those two things shocked me, how poorly coached they were tonight. Execution was bad in a lot of different regards. But then they just didn't seem to have that fight in them. They got straight up bullied by Florida State. And to go off of that point, because I think that's a great point, we saw that on both sides of the ball. We saw that in different areas, not just the line of scrimmage, right? So the line of scrimmage is one thing because I thought Florida State's defensive line won a lot of reps, especially in the run game in particular, where LSU ends the game with, I think, I believe it was 49 yards on on 12 carries from its running backs. And 35 of those yards came off one playoff Josh Williams win uh, at the end of the second half. So really, if you know you want to take that away, that's 11 carries for 14 yards. <laughs> they, they couldn't get a push up front. There was nothing there. Fabian Lovett and um, Brayden Fisk, I think, especially beat them up. And then you go past that, past line of scrimmage. Obviously, if you flip it, LSU's secondary is the biggest question coming into this year. It's the reason I picked Florida State to win. Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson combined for 220 yards. Was it 12 receptions, 13 receptions? Keon Coleman has three touchdowns. They are not physically there from a defensive back perspective either. And that's another, I, that's another angle of getting bullied where this is why – we wanted this is why we were so intent. We were hellbent on Denver Harris working out. Because as much as again, like Deuce Chestnut, good player, Cy Alexander, good players, like these are fine players. But there's a reason you need Denver Harris. Because physically, this is what it looks like when Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, NFL receivers, go against non-NFL cornerbacks, non-five-star, non-four-star guys. Like it's just it's a different animal. So that's where the to get to expand on your point of the bullying, like it was up front, it was in the secondary. Like I didn't even think LSU's receivers were dominant in their routes uh, that they were running. It's like it was just all around a really disheartening performance from LSU because, like you said, this is two teams expected to be taking that jump forward. Well, Florida State took that jump with the transfers. LSU added a lot of transfers too, couldn't take that jump. And, um, yeah, it's pretty disheartening if you're an LSU fan. Yeah, because I do hear a lot of people – and, look, I I think with DB in particular, we circled that, and I'm glad you brought up both those two things. We came into the season knowing this, that corner was the biggest worry on the team. Yes, they just went up against two future NFL receivers and Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Here's the, the rough part that you're going to have to swallow here. Those aren't the only NFL receivers they're going to go up against this year. And you don't even have to be a future star NFL receiver to have success against how a team like corners, like they played tonight. It was, they were overmatched completely. And when you're not doing any schematically to change that, it compounds the issue. And we knew that the corners were going to be a worry that remains a question that needs solutions because we didn't get any answers to anything positive in game one. The other was that, and we said it on the preview pod, they had to run the ball beyond Jaden. And because a year ago in this game, as you noted, they didn't run the ball very well. They ran it for about 30 yards, 30 something yards between three running backs. It was bad. They were worse this year. And 
essentially the right side of the line could get no push in the run game. Really, the run game never got anything going at all, regardless. And that's a worry because they played musical chairs on the O line last year for about a month, month and a half. Finally settled in with everybody. The run game kind of got going, but it was a lingering issue for many, many games. That's not going to stop now. Like you just returned five starters on the O line and you still couldn't get the run game going. Now, granted, FSU's D line is very good and they are deep, but you've got to get something going and they didn't. And that's very problematic. Yeah. I will also say this too Florida State could have very well have gone perfect on third downs. They were nine of 14. They had multiple third downs where they dropped the football on wide open passes. Like, that's a glaring issue for Matt House's defense. They struggled last year to get off field on third down. You come out of the gates this year, let's see how improved you are. Well, it's the exact same. And for me, it is just I don't ever want to blow week one out of proportion. Sure. And I also don't want to overlook that FSU is, in my mind, one of the top three teams they'll play. Bam and AM have very talented rosters. Yeah. FSU does as well. For sure. Those are three really tough teams. So when you got to face one of them out of the gates, it's going to be very hard for you. My issue becomes this. In year one, in week one a year ago, when they were just putting this team together, we saw all these same issues. They fumbled punts. Happened again with Aaron Anderson tonight, which is supposed to be the solution. Brian Kelly was chasing points in the FSU game a year ago, and it backfired. Did the exact same, and, and in other games, Tennessee, there were other games where they chased points. It backfired yep. on them. Did so again tonight. They couldn't run the football without – Jaden's legs, exact same story tonight. They didn't find anything in the explosive passing game, exact same story tonight. Like, I feel like there were way too many common threads between how they started a year ago and how they started now when our expectation, which it should be, when you return that many guys and your coordinators and you're in year two and you've got the transfer portal, is you take a step forward, they were just shooting themselves in the foot, drops, with all of the exact same mistakes they came out with a year ago. Yeah. Let's do our ad read after the break. Uh, we'll talk about some individuals uh, and expand on some things real quick. Yes. Well, if uh, folks are familiar now uh, by this uh, point with my perfect franchise uh, and Andy Ludicky, and uh, maybe right now, if you're an LSU fan, you're thinking, how can I kill some time during football season if I don't want to invest uh, all of my emotion into LSU. It's week one. Calm down, guys. It'll be okay. But my perfect franchise is something you guys are going to want to check out. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you just looking for a side hustle while you work your current job? Do you want to diversify and build wealth or uh, leave a legacy, pass something along to your kids? Andy can help with it. We've caught up with Andy a number of times. He's already hooked up uh, a number of people on the Bengal Tiger. Uh, It's free to call him. He's a franchise consultant, so he can talk to you about whether you want to be a full-time franchise owner, franchisee, whether you want to do it part-time. He can walk you through it, whatever your budget is to work with. He can help you out with that, all of the financial requirements. And again, it's 100% free to give him a call. It is 404-973-9901 or andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Again, my perfect franchise. If you're looking to get into the franchise business or at least just want to know more about it, give Andy a call. Uh, you can catch his stuff, uh, the links as well, uh, as well as that number 404 973 9901 in the YouTube bio as well as on our board. 
All right, uh, Maddie B, you want to talk individuals? I think the first individual we need to talk right. about, I'm probably saying at the same time, uh, I'll give you the hint as to his stat line, then you tell me uh, more about it. Zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. Yeah, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins. Um, How a lot of people didn't have on their bingo card that Trey Bradford would start at running back and would take the first touch 50 something yards. That was something. Nobody had on their bingo card that Harold Perkins would do nothing in this game. Not one thing. He, okay. It's funny, before we got on this podcast, and I want to keep like these individual ones kind of quick so we can hit through a few of them. But before we got on this podcast, I tried going back and finding my uh, our podcast from the spring because I vividly remember what I said in spring football. I said, there's no way that they don't rush him against Florida State because, not because he can't play inside linebacker, nothing like that, but it's his first game at inside linebacker, and he's learning the position, and he's going to get this offense. There's no way he could have picked up enough information. There's no way he could have been comfortable enough at this position to be at the level that he needs to be at, at inside linebacker. And I thought he was fine, actually, from like a run fit perspective and all that stuff. Like, that's great. Awesome. And he spied Jordan Travis a lot. Cool. But ultimately, LSU did not do what I thought, in my opinion, they needed to do to stop or slow down the Florida State offense and passing game in particular. They did not unsettle Jordan Travis. Makai Wingo, well, I, I, we can talk about him a little bit too. Makai Wingo was awesome. Makai Wingo was probably the best player on the field for LSU. Um, and he got some pressure. But when it came down to third downs, and we mentioned the third down numbers, a lot of those were third and longs. What did LSU do? They brought three, dropped eight. Or they brought four without Perkins and dropped seven. Like, And Perkins kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And I'm like, at the end of the day, at some point, are we going to see Harold Perkins rush the passer? And it happened on two occasions, I think it was. One of the one of them was a third down, and he didn't get there. But he uh, Travis threw the ball a little quicker and didn't get the didn't get the first. And then the su- second one was the Keon Coleman touchdown uh, over Major Burns, I believe it was, uh, where he actually rushed. And there's a clip on Twitter of him beating the tackle, but he had, but Travis threw the ball immediately, and Coleman caught the touchdown pass. There's there's just there's no world in which I will agree with putting with minimizing Harold Perkins' impact in this game and leaving him at inside linebacker because not only did he was he not a hundred percent comfortable at inside linebacker but you in turn did not have the pass rush that you needed to unsettle Jordan Travis and I thought that was a a, a huge detriment to this team especially on those third downs that we mentioned. It's going to be, excuse me, it's going to be something to watch because if it can, and Brian Kelly said after the game, he said, look, you're just, we're witnessing the early stages of the road bumps of Harold Perkins becoming a linebacker. And he said, what y'all are used to seeing is just see ball, get ball. Where is that at? I'd rather just do see ball, get ball. Then if these are my two options, I'll take the see ball, get ball. And I'm trying like, and that's what I said in the spring. It's like, he's not going to be ready. I know you worked with him for eight straight, seven straight months on getting inside linebacker. That's great. And I understand he's learning. But you can't lose this game. What did we say about Charles Turner the entire offseason? Like, okay, well, you got to be better because you have to do this. Like, the standards is now winning a championship. You can't lose this game. You, you And be like, oh, well, he's learning. You know, it's cool. He's learning. This is an All-American 
you have as a playmaker slash pass rusher, and he didn't make any plays for you. It's like he wasn't even, he might as well not been on the field. Like, I understand he did some good things at inside linebacker, but he didn't do what he makes him an All American. And I could yell about that forever, but yeah. Well, they had no sacks tonight either. And Jordan Travis did a very good job of getting it out quickly. He's mobile. He played very well. Um, but you, got, you can't come away with no sacks. Yeah. Nothing. They had Defensively, they were so bad. And I didn't like – I didn't feel like they ever adjusted. There was no in-game stuff that we saw that left us thinking, okay, they've kind of got it figured out now. They know how to shut FSU down. It just didn't happen. And, look, I'm just going to continue to fear this. You said it. Their corners right now are good players. They are not what LSU's used to at corner. They are not the type of kids that LSU has gotten out of high school and developed. That's a recruiting issue that's going to have to change because you cannot live in the portal. They did it a year ago. They got by. They did it this year. We'll see how it goes. Other players, real quick, we can rattle these off. Um, Jaden Daniels, to me, was unimpressive. I thought it was the same offense as last year. Um, same comeback routes that we heard from um, Mike Denbrock that they weren't going to run as much, ran a billion comebacks, ran Mason Taylor out routes. It was all the same offense to me from Jaden Daniels. Well, Malik and, Ma- <clears throat> Malik and Mason Taylor are the only two people who you can trust right now to catch football. Yeah. And uh, Brian Thomas' stat line will look very good. Um, I still don't think he is – quite where they need him to be as a receiver. I mean, we saw what an elite receiver one and receiver two is from Florida State. LSU does not have that yet, and um, I don't think Lacey and Thomas are there yet. Well, and um, here's the other thing. Um, we said all offseason, Kyron Lacey dropped balls all year last year. He looked very good in spring ball with his hands, very sure-handed, looked very good in fall camp. The second it's live games again, he had multiple key drops. How long is your leash there before you say – I'm putting Chris Hilton or Shelton Sampson or somebody else in. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I want to shout out Makai Wingo. I thought Makai Wingo was excellent. I think Braden Swenson was excellent. Give those two a lot of credit. Um, you know, the the rest, it's just hard to really discern anybody else being really an impact player. I mean, Sage Ryan, I didn't think was very good. Sage Ryan and Deuce Chestnut kind of had similar problems, obviously, with their size. And that's what we knew going into the game. Jordan Jefferson made a few plays I thought was really impressive. Um, who else? Who else do you want to give a – or do you want to talk about good or bad? Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to go too much into quarterback. I think that there was like 50 other issues that they have to clean up. I'm very – like they went through the whole first half with no penalties. They, God, they looked good in the first they half. They were man. crisp on offense. They had given up a couple plays, explosive stuff on D, but they got some stops. They, yeah. Greg Brooks made a great play that got Jordan Travis off schedule, and then he throws it right into his chestnut's uh, chest, basically, uh, right into his gut. They get the turnover to unravel like they did in the second half. Is that falls on coaching? That falls on the players. The lack of just enthusiasm and the will to battle back wasn't there. Yeah, because then they started getting they started getting ran on in the second half, and then they started you know the, all the short things that weren't going for any yards in the first half started getting a little bit more productive, like those extra three four yards that you fight for. For us, they started getting those, and it was just it was all over. I um defensively they did well against the run, I guess, early on, but yeah, early on. Pa- the pass game was still uh I will say this though, because I do want us to remember one thing. FSU is a very good team. They will be yeah. one of the best teams LSU faces. So 
do not throw uh, the baby out with the bathwater here on the season. Um, have some faith. And I will say that they lost this game a year ago, Matty B. And they were up against it with an even less talented roster at the time. And they rolled off seven wins across the next eight games, Tennessee being the only loss. Their schedule coming up now across these next uh, eight games before Bama. Grambling at State, Arkansas at Ole Miss at Missouri versus Auburn versus Army. Those are winnable games. But some things are going to have to change in a hurry or they are going to be in some tight battles with some of those teams that we presumed they would be significantly better than. And I'm talking the Auburn's, Arkansas's, and states of the world. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, I thought this was good. 20 minutes. Uh, get in, get out. Um, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back with a Monday mailbag. Oh, shoot. It is Monday. Wow. Well, there you go. All right, we'll be we'll do a we'll do mailbag at some point this week. Two, yeah, we'll get the questions Monday, Tuesday Wednesday mailbag. mailbag. Wednesday mailbag. Tuesday recruiting All right. And a heads up to everyone. It's Labor Day, so Brian Kelly will meet with the media on Tuesday. Correct. Correct. Maybe we can just push everything back. That Wednesday recruiting podcast, all that stuff. We'll see. But all right. Anyways, thank you all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks uh again. Um, we'll see how LSU bounces back moving forward. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.